Will England's aggressive intent with the bat take down another team? It's England versus South Africa on cricket. Only better. Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 151. I'm Ed Hawkins. So often we obsess about the difference between white ball and red ball. But in this episode, are we discussing a test series where the two merge together? Orange bowl, Sam Collins. I think that's a different sport, isn't it, Edward Hawkins? Um, But you are right. England's white ball approach to red ball cricket is going to come under scrutiny in this show. That's our big one. Uh, We've also got the ultimate betting package for that England versus South Africa three test series. And joining us as ever is a man with balls of steel, I'm assured, uh, Paul Krishnamurti from Betting.Betfair. Hello, Paul. Hi, Sam. Have <laughs> <laughs> ever been introduced like that? Never. Anyway, never. never. I'm not arguing. Um, why, Paul? That's the big question. Why? Uh, likewise, Sporting.com's Richard Mann, blackballed from many establishments in the North, I'm told. Richard Mann, how are you? Hi, Sam. You've got me so right. <laughs> so right. It can't be wrong. Um, what's on the show tonight, Hawkins? Yeah, teams, pitch reports, trends, in plays, strategies, tips for England versus South Africa test series in the first test, West Indies versus New Zealand in an ODI, and Zimbabwe versus India in another ODI. Crackalacking. Uh, plus the treble klaxon and some brilliant best bets. Let's go. As usual, we start with an outright, and this week it is England versus South Africa three test series. England one to two to win the series with that first sports book. South Africa are eleven to four, and the draw is four to one. First test preview to come, but let's go first to Richard Mann with an easy question: Who's going to win this series? England. I think. I think the weather's really important and I know we've got a little bit of rain forecast this week, but if we have anything like we've had all summer, good weather, flat pitches, I think England's middle order in particular will just have too many guns for South Africa. Okay, short and sweet. Thank you, Richard Mann. Quick check in with Hawkins. Yeah, I just wonder whether there's a, a bit of a reset required because of the weather and what it's doing or rather what it's not doing. Absolutely no rain for ages and ages. Is spin suddenly the most important factor in a English home uh, summer? And that's quite a rare thing to say. And do South Africa have the best spin bowling attack on show? Simon Harbour and Keshav Maharaj. Jack Leach, of course, is improving, but uh, England couldn't find a second spinner, could they, if they tried to go up against uh, those two? So just bear that in mind. All three venues for this are dry pitches and uh, do take turn. So uh, just keep in mind that tweak could be key. Turn or burn, Paul Krishnamurti. What are your thoughts on that? It's a, that's an interesting point of view. I think that's another reason perhaps to be back in South Africa. I've been looking forward to this for ages. I don't trust England's sudden transformation into a world-class test side. I'm very sceptical that they can play that aggressively against that top-line pace attack. And I hadn't really considered the spin angle, but it makes a very good point. They've probably got the edge in that department. 
On the other hand, there are negatives in that I don't trust South Africa's batting at all either, and they've started terribly against England Lions. So it might take a game, but I do think they're the value. But I think the bigger picture is I don't think these games will be draws at all. Okay. Richard Mann, any thoughts on, on Hawkins's wisdom? Yeah, very interesting. And I'm a big fan of Kishev Marahajan. He took a little bit of a mauling, actually, in the Lions warm-up, but I wouldn't worry me too much. I think he's a class act. And obviously with Harmer in reserve as well, they've got two good options. Jack Leach... For all Zed right, he's improving. He's definitely not a world-class spinner. Um, so that would be an advantage for South Africa. And I think the key thing for England and the four tests that they've won this summer, they've come up against sides who have very good bowlers. But when Ball wasn't bowling or Jameson got injured for New Zealand, the drop-off to the next guys just wasn't wasn't good enough. And that's when England capitalised. And same with Bumrah and Shami for India. Once those guys were off, there was a big class stop. And the key for South Africa is getting Rabada fit. So they've got Nokia, Rabada, and Gidi Janssen to keep coming. If Rabada got injured and, and Gidi, for instance, didn't step up to the plate, that then might look a little bit thin because they'll be heavily reliant on Nokia. I think bowling depth and obviously South Africa definitely have the advantage in spin. Okay, lovely stuff. Paul Krishnamurti, can you give us some correct score wisdom, please? Um, 2 1 series win for either side as a wager. Uh, England to win 2 1 is 7 2. South Africa to win 2 1 is 6 1. Maybe you could back both and then sit back and enjoy the series. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I like the sounds of that. I don't think there'll be any um, draws. The only, the only thing I'll say is as we get into the match, the weather forecast for day one at Laws is pretty poor, so it might be worth waiting a little bit with that bet. But I've already got down six to one for a two-one South Africa. I think that's a pretty solid bet. Really don't think this is a lot of rain. There's going to be any draws here. Should be a cracker. We've got all the best tips, trends, and stats for the first test coming up next. As if you needed me to tell you, England versus South Africa starts on Wednesday morning, 11am UK time, from Lords, live on Sky Sports. Betfair exchange prices currently 1.9 England, 4.7 South Africa, 3.75 the draw, and Edward Hawkins is kind enough to bring us a load down. Yeah, England, Crawley and Lees, they're keeping faith with those two. Pope. Root, Stokes, Bairstow, Folks, Potts, Broad, Leach, Anderson. Coverton is an injury worry after doing so well against South Africa, South Africa in the Lions game. South Africa expected to line up something like this. Irby, Elgar, Peterson, Markram, Vanderdussen, Varane, Janssen, Maharaj, Rabade, Nokjay and Nagidi. I think they're going to be swayed by this Lord's pitch, which is looking incredibly green. Don't know where they're getting their water from uh, in London. Well, St John's Wood, oh, it's different, isn't it, up there in old posh parts of London. The hosepipe ban doesn't, uh, doesn't apply, does it? Get Mick Lynch onto it. Uh, so the pitch, Lords in England, uh, New Zealand, 137 and 141. First inning scores all out in June. England broke, broke records in the chase of 277 in the fourth, but it is looking quite green. Could South Africa and England both be undercooked because they have not had much red ball cricket? Does that even matter with England anymore when they're playing white ball in red ball? Back to Sam. Big question. Let's go to Paul Krishnamurti, uh, our cooking correspondent for that. Um, pictures are everything. 
as we often say. Is this a tricky surface to call, Paul Krishnamurti, for you in terms of match odds, innings, runs, other such shenanigans? No, I, I think it could be a really, really great opportunity. Um, five of the last eight first innings here were below 200. Seven of the 16 first innings for both sides were under 200. Now, Ed says it's a green surface. That's very promising news. Now, perhaps there'll be a slight response to that, but just as a guide, when we played New Zealand earlier this summer, New Zealand were one for one. It was very difficult. And at that point, I, I laid 200 or more first in runs at 1.2. England were 141. They get, I think we talked about at the time, there were several run bands got back to 100 to one to go under. So that could be a real opportunity. Plus, I think that because the weather forecast is quite bad for day one, the draw could shorten up. It's already short as it is at 3.7, but I could see that going to like 2.5, 2.4, even before the match on the first morning. So that would be a great lay. Um, I just think, I think you even in addition to the pitch, you quite like to get overcast bowling conditions. As we've seen, you do it, this England side, the way they play, you would need five full batting days to get a draw, and it still probably wouldn't. You still, you still probably would get a result. Yeah, I'd agree with Paul again about taking on the draw as per, as per usual, but I would be a little bit wary about this Lords pitch and, and getting carried away with the green top. I think we've been here before at Lords a couple of days out, and generally this is a surface that can look green, but it it gets better if you can get the first through the first few hours. Um, so I wouldn't be mad crazy about going under, particularly late on day one. Day two, I think generally it's a good surface and I'm worried about these Dukes balls that, that basically have done nothing after 20 overs all summer. Um, the other thing that just continued to pay throughout the New Zealand series and against England, uh, against India was just taking big prices about England um, when they were up against it because the market fluctuations with this England side, I think it will continue to to pay if you if you just want to trade in and out. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, any in play a thoughts, Paul Krishnamurti? Yeah, um, the usual back double the odds on both sides in running system. So in this case, you'd probably be looking at about 2.9 for England and 7.4 for South Africa. Okay, lovely stuff. Richard Mann, same question to you. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've touched on it already. I think I would just be taking on England at short odds and backing them at big odds. I don't think throughout the series that will be a bad way to go and just keep trying to get your money out. It, it certainly paid in the first test against New Zealand um, at Lords. England were, what, 59 for naught and ended up being bowled out for one for one then looked like they were going to lose easily uh, and then won at a counter. So plenty of market fluctuations, I think. Okay, wise words. Um, Hawkins, to the tops markets, please. Yeah, I'll start with South Africa because only four players available for them have top scored in the last four years. Quinton de Kock, Fafti Plessy and Temba Bavuma, of course, no longer available. Uh, we're getting plenty of wins between them. Elgar, who has won twice in that period, is boosted to 7-2 to two with Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, one name to pick out is uh, Kaya Zondo got runs versus the Lions is 8-1 to one and will be batting in the middle order. Uh, England... Uh, Pope has five wins uh, from 24, so he should be four to one on pure win rate, but you're getting five to one with Betfair Sportsbook. Root has 10 wins from 40. He's boosted to 13 to five, but it's not enough. 
He's only got a 25% win rate. Stokes, four wins from 29. But Bairstow, four from 23. And is going to be too short. Uh, Lungi Nagidi is the best strike rate of any South African bowler in the last two years. And is a standout 7-2 to two for top South Africa bowler in the first innings. Okay. Um, Richard Mann, who do you fancy out of that? Well, I'm going to be back in Aidan Markham, top South Africa batsman, because he's not going to be opening now. I think he's going to slot into this middle order. And as we've seen all summer, betting the middle order has, has, has been a bit of a goldmine, actually. Think back to the New Zealand series, Darrell Mitchell, number five, three centuries and three matches. Tom Blundell, number six, I think he averaged over 70. Bearstone, number five, obviously he made four centuries in four tests this summer. We were fours being dominant as well. So I think the middle order has to be the way to go. Markram, at the moment, he got runs against the Lions. I think he's a better bet than Van der Dussen, who I'm a big fan of in white ball cricket, but I have some concerns about his defensive technique, particularly in these conditions. He struggled against in India in the winter. And for, for England, that would actually bring Stokes into it as well. At six to one, ordinarily I think he'd be a big price, but I just don't like this kamikaze approach. I think he's he's almost making himself a sacrificial lamb to try and show the rest of the side, look, this is the way we're going to play. We're going to be ultra aggressive. Um, so I'll probably leave Stokes for now, go with Markham. And bowling-wise, I think Anrik Narkia is a, a brilliant bet, probably the better of the week, top South Africa bowler at three to one. Doubts about Rabada's fitness anyway. And I think Narkia, tall bowler, It'll really suit Lords. Think back to McGrath, Ambrose, Josh Hazelwood, big tall bowlers, line bowlers. They always bowl well at Lords. And Nokia's got the X factor. He can bowl nearly 100 mile an hour. And England's tail, they don't fancy that, as we've seen. Bumrah, Cummings, Stark have, have just blown them away in recent years. I think Nokia's an outstanding bet, three to one. Oh, you're wetting my appetite, Richard Man. Someone <laughs> get you on the ECB marketing department. Um, right. Lovely stuff. Uh, Paul Krishnamurti, same question to you. Uh, any final business, please? Well, I mean, I'm, I, Richard's really done half of my answer with Nokia, but I'm surprised you didn't mention Marco Jansen as well, because I know you mentioned him in your column. Um, I think he's, I think Marco Jansen could be a star this summer. I was thinking that throughout the India series earlier in the year, and exactly what you were saying about tall bowlers, Rich. You know, tall, fast, but something he'll, he'll cause major trouble. And he can bat as well, Jansen. So I think he's interesting in man of the match. And I think Nokia's a big price at full teams as well in man of the match. Um, and just quickly on the England side, the one player that stood out to me on the numbers was uh, Ben Folks, 16 to 1. Again, middle order theory in a low scoring match. Okay, lovely stuff. Thank you very much. There's a big tick. England versus South Africa, but we have plenty more to come. Meantime, check out betting.betfair for in-play magic with Edward Hawkins throughout the first test. Free bet offers too, but terms and conditions do apply over 18s only, and please visit begambleaware.org. West Indies versus New Zealand, Zimbabwe versus India, and our best bets still to come. West Indies versus New Zealand. The first One Day International starts on Wednesday, 7pm UK time from Bridgetown, Barbados. Very nice. A bet for exchange prices, 2.9 West Indies, 1.48 New Zealand. Edward Hawkins does have a lowdown, but first I have a treble klaxon. Yeah, thanks very much. Our first treble post uh Special show of episode 150, 
We're going to go with Ollie Pope, 5-1, to one, top England run scorer in the first innings. I'm going to go against what Paul and uh, Rich are saying about top South Africa bowler. I'm going to go for Lungi Nagidi at 7-2. to two. And we're going to put in KL Rahul, top India run scorer against Zimbabwe. 10 quid is going to get you about 935 big ones. That sounds pretty tasty. Um, the beauty of this, Edward Hawkins, is I'm coming straight back to you now. For some names and some numbers. Yeah, West Indies going to line up something like this. Hope, Mayers, Brooks, King, Peran, Hetmeyer, Holder, Joseph, Akil, Moti and Seals. New Zealand, Guptill, Conway, Williamson, Latham, Mitchell, Phillips, Nisham, Bracewell, Southie, Sodi and Bolt. West Indies have lost their last nine in a row. And that's quite impressive because that is from June to July. So it's not a long uh, study period in terms of uh, time. Bridgetown, five out of the last five, all under 253 in the first innings and three of those under 200. Okay, uh, Richard Mann, the West Indies are, as Hawkins detailed there, on an absolutely shocking run. This is comfortably their worst format. The odds know it. What can betters do? I'm going to go against Sigourney and Paul will be shaking his head in disbelief. I thought, from a trading point of view, West Indies were maybe half worth a spin here. 2.9, I suspect there'll be more like 3.25 come the off. And actually, the recent ODI series against India, they played some really good cricket in that series. They made 300 twice, they lost two really tight games by three runs and two wickets. And they put it up to India for large periods of that series. And I think they can do the same against New Zealand. I'm not saying I'd be backing them to win. I definitely want my money out. Um, but I think this could be competitive. My only issue with the key, uh, with West Indies is the bowling. I don't think it could blow out a candle, but I definitely think the batting has the potential, at least. Okay. Um, same question to Paul Krishnamurti. Do you expect a late charge of runs for the Kiwis at the death of an innings here? Well, first of all, it's really interesting what Rick just said and that I would disagree. I was my thoughts on this looking at those prices weren't dissimilar. And it was like it's like the world suddenly makes sense. No longer in New Zealand, ridiculously overpriced for every game, and no longer West Indies the other way around. So no, 1.48 doesn't really appeal. On the on the runs front, yes. Um I would just want to bet against that West Indies attack full stop. I don't think they're good. I wouldn't necessarily wait late. New Zealand back very deep. Um Guptill can get off to a very fast start. It's, the, the only problem is we've got a slight problem with this ground because those recent games were low scoring, but it's not that long ago that England chased 364 here. And I'm thinking after quite a few runs in the T20 series and the India series as well, they might set uh, par a bit higher. Uh, so I would be inclined to back New Zealand overs, but I still want you know, six to four, two to one, about 300 or more to back it. Okay, lovely stuff. Thank you. Uh, Richard Mann, anything else in play here? No, just the same as what I mentioned. It's just interesting point, the early Betfair prices. We previewed the first T20 this time last week and, and the Kiwis were hammered near the off um, and the West Indies obviously then drifted and the same might happen again here. So you might be looking at bigger than 2.9 near the off. Okay, lovely stuff. Edward Hawkins on the tops. Uh, not a huge amount doing, apart from saying that Shy Hope, who is our go-to man so often, has five wins from 23. So the boost by Betfair Sportsbook to 3-1 to one is not enough, I'm afraid. 
so we're looking at perhaps Shamar Brooks four wins from 18. Uh, he is four to one with Betfair Sportsbook. That's about as good as it's going to going to get for you. Paran two wins from 24. Really dreadful record. Uh, New Zealand no value on win rates, but Phillips excellent in T20s. Knows these pitches very well. Catches the eye at fives. Mitchell looks big. Uh, he's a I bet they're really thirteen to two, and Akil Hussain, the right favourite, three to one. Top West Indies run scorer just has got a terrific record in uh, notching on this market. Paul Krishnamurti, did any of those get you going? Um, I prefer Jason Holder for top bowler at one hundred thirty for West Indies. Akil, so the thing is, he's got those a lot of those wickets against lesser countries that struggle against spin, I think. Um, so I'd go for Holder, who's been pretty reliable in that in all formats over the years. Uh, but other than that, the usual story, West Indies runs, look for an outsider. Um, who, who just won in the last game? Obed McCoy, 125 to 1, better number 11, with 24, I believe he got. So definitely look down the cards. And the one I'll say, once again, Alzari Joseph is 100 to 1. He can bat. OK, Richard Mann, what about you? I'll just endorse Paul with Holder. I can't really see who else balls at the death, and he's a terrific death bowler. Okay, lovely stuff. Uh, best bets still to come. But first, Zimbabwe versus India. Zimbabwe versus India. First ODI starts Thursday, 8.15 in the morning UK time from Harare. Betfair Exchange expect a mismatch. They have Zimbabwe at 13.5, India at 1.07. Edward Hawkins has a lowdown, but the guys are going to have to be a bit creative here. Zimbabwe, Kaitano, Muramani, Kia, Madavir, Raza, Sikanda Raza, Chakababe, the wicketkeeper and captain, Munyonga, Jongwe, Evans, and Rava and Nayuchi. India, this is sort of a bit of a reserve team, really, as you'd expect. Uh, Rahul comes back into the team after a long injury layoff and he will lead. Uh, Dawan opening the batting with him. Then we're going to go with Ishan, Samson, Huda, Aksar, Thakur, Deepak Jahar, Kaldeep, Avesh and Siraj. Uh, they could also use Prashid Krishna uh, as a pace bowler. They could also use Rahul Tripathi as a middle-order batter. Washington Sundar uh, is struggling with an injury. Zimbabwe beat Bangladesh 2-1 in both T20 and ODI series only days ago. So they're in decent nick, but this is a real tough task. Good luck with this one, Richard. Man, what do you do? Uh, hard, very hard. I think I think the Zim- Zimbabwe middle-order are very good against Bangladesh. I think you've, you've got to wait and hope you can get some good prices there. And then the obvious thing is just get two Indians on side of the man of match market. One of the top order batsmen, if they're bat first, um, one of one of the main bowlers in case they, they're ball first and, and someone can shape the game that way. Paul Krishnamurti, you were quite impressed by Zimbabwe versus Bangladesh, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Um, I mean, granted, Bangladesh aren't the greatest side in the world, but they're generally regarded as quite superior to Zimbabwe and they bossed them, really. Um, batted really well, chased down 290 and 303 in this format. Sikanda Raza was outstanding in that series, but ably supported by Innocent Kaya, Regis Kavadva, and the tail as well. Ryan Burl comes at eight and he can bat. The tail had won top batsman market for Zimbabwe a few times. I mean, granted, this is another level India, but it's not their strongest side. Um, just on the runs front, I would say that. Note that Pakistan got 364 and 399 on this ground. 
So if India bet first, it could be worth taking silly prices about the big overs. Okay, lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Um, let's have some India dominant in place strategies. Uh, Paul Krishnamurti first. I'm going to say um, back overs for Zimbabwe's runs when they're two or three wickets down. Okay, lovely. Richard Mann. That's exactly what I've got. I just wondered, Paul, quickly what you thought the India runs line would be, say, start the innings end here. We're we looking at like 360. No, I think it'll start about 320, 310, 320. So it's like I say, 350, 360 could be worth a poke here at big odds. Okay. Okay, lovely stuff. Um, anything on the tops, Edward Hawkins? Well, Sikander Raz has been mentioned. Uh, he's their second highest run scorer in the last two years. He's got the best average of any Zimbabwean over the last two years. Uh, but Betfair Sportsbook will know that. Uh, seven to two, possibly at the shortest, maybe four to one would be the guy guy to follow. Uh, and just for India, I've mentioned KL Rahul. Expect him to come back and be all guns blazing. Uh, five to two top India bat. Uh, top match bat and top India bat are possibly the same bet here. Uh, likewise, man of the match. So don't be afraid to play your batsman of choice for India on the latter two markets. OK, lovely stuff. Finish it off, please, Richard Mann, and then Paul Krishnamurti. Um, top bats an option here, perhaps? Yeah, just for Zimbabwe, I'll probably go for Regis Chakab, just because I think he might be almost double the price of Sikander Raza. They, they were the stars against Bangladesh. I'd have it between those two, and I think the prices ultimately dictate everything. Okay, Paul Yeah, just echo that really. I mean, I want to see how this Zimbabwe lineup is priced. If you can get seven, eight to one to cover, I definitely endorse that. I'm hoping four to one plus Sakandaraza because I think that'd be a fair price as well. Um, and also, just to say, don't I wouldn't put anyone off in this series back in the tail here for top bat. So I say Ryan Burl, you often get fifties. Uh, Richard Nakavara, one hundred twenty-five. He won. He's won his market before. Okay, absolutely brilliant. Thanks, guys. Um, tick for Zimbabwe versus India. Right, best bets time. As always, we have some scores, we have some doors, and we have Edward Hawkins. Richard Mann, minus 18.85. Paul Krishnamurti, minus 33.5. Really unlucky last week. We picked some uh, massive winners, absolutely huge winners, 18 to 1, 17 to 1, Vitsa and Dockerall, respectively, but just in the wrong games. Uh, who's to go first? They've both got five units to spend. Rich, I think you're first. Okay, I'm going to kick off with uh, two units. Anrik Narki, top South Africa baller in the Test match. And I'll have two units on England to get under 225 first innings runs. And I'll have 1.5 units, Aidan Mark on top South Africa first innings batsman. I'll have half a point each on Amrik Nokia and um, Marco Jensen to be man of the match. Okay, I'm going to have half a unit, Aidan Mark on man of the match. And my final bet, two units, Jason Holder, 130 top West Indies bowler. Yeah, so that leaves me with a unit. I'm going to split stakes in the man of the match market, James Neesham and Ish Sodi in the ODI versus West Indies. 
Thank you very much. Those are your best bets. And that's Cricket Only Better episode 151 all done. Don't forget to check out those in-play articles during that test match between England and South Africa. Also look out for every match in the 100 previewed on betting.betfair. We'll see you next time.